Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, podcast starts now. Wow. Hello, every boy around the globe. Wow. <laughs> every boy only? <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say- um, You were going to say boys and girls, and then you didn't want to be exclusionary. So, you so thought- I, no, I, so I, I thought, oh, well, that's exclusionary. So I thought, okay, well, let's double the exclusion. Let's yeah. be more exclusionary. But also, actually, if you just say hi, boys or hi, girls, people assume you're talking about everyone. <laughs> if I walk in a room and I'm like, hey, girls, no one's going to be like, actually, some of us are male <laughs> identifying. Like, everyone's going to be like, okay with it. But if you say boys and girls, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. You're creating a binary. So, so you know, people always say, stop saying hi, guys, exclusionary. Just say hi, boys. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, boys? Um, I actually think that's very comforting. Yeah, I bet everyone I hearing that feels very comforted. I mean, anything that infantilizes me in any way, I'm like, finally. <laughs> I know. Sign me up. Truly. I am just a boy. We need to stop stigmatizing uh, the the concept of infantilization. <laughs> it it should a, be celebrated more. It's it's a coping mechanism. Actually, I would love it if my boss at work was like, how's it going, little fella? <laughs> Oh, is today really, really hard? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Sometimes I do need that. I mean, that would be so deeply helpful. I know. Why can't everyone be my mom? I know. We're so bad at, like, being adult men. Yeah. Well, it's because we're cancers. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I keep, like, I keep waiting for the moment where it snaps in, and I'm like, okay, I'm an adult man now. And I act like this technically, we came to LA for, like, yes, a for comedy work. event. And work. it's like, okay, I'm doing yeah. a work trip. I'm doing a work trip. And I keep saying it to myself in the mirror, <laughs> being like, okay, I'm doing You're not, crying I'm in the mirror. Work. I'm doing I'm a work, work trip. <laughs> you will sell this house. <laughs> exactly. It's very, you will sell this house. And I, I don't feel it. I'm still yeah. like, I'm a boy. Do you know what actually made me feel it? What? My mom is visiting, as everyone knows, and I am buying us theater tickets. I am the one purchasing the theater tickets to take her in oh, the wow. city where I live. Huh. And that felt pretty adult. 
which is weird that you want to be the adult with your mom, the one person who actually is your mom and can infantilize you in a like loving yeah, way. Yeah, well now it's like it's like I'm the captain now. I am the mom now. <laughs> she comes and I'm and I'm like treating her like a child. Yeah, I'm like go to your room. Maybe you need to stop expecting your work people to yeah, infantilize you and let true. your mom infantilize you. Yeah. <laughs> like she's the one person I'm not allowing to infantilize me. <laughs> wow. Can you believe this is our last day, my last day in L.A., but also our last event in our week of events? Yeah, it's been a, a huge, big week of events. Yeah, it's really great for everyone listening at home that this is a third episode where they will hear about that. Yeah, they're going to be like, we get it. We this, get it. You like, spent a week in L.A. They're like, this is the Hamptons all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the way that us going on a weekend-long trip became a four-month arc Truly. in our uh, podcast yeah. was... Yeah. Uh, You'd think... Anything eventful happened on that trip. Not really. We just like made dinner. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this, um, it's up there with that. No, I, I do think, uh, and I said this last night, mm-hmm. I think the moment you get on that airplane back to New York City, I'm going to have an emotional crash because we have become I know. each other's support systems I here. I don't think I've ever felt that way with anyone since truly being like a child and being like in the <laughs> same house with my sisters. I'm like, the way we have spent every second of the last week together (laughs) yeah it's crazy it's unhealthy yeah and yet it feels really good yeah totally we're very respectful of each other's space and time it's kind of crazy yeah um can't say that for everybody (laughs) say that (laughs) (laughs) so who is the most disrespectful of your space and time in your life wait we have to address one thing last night when that waitress explained natural wine to us we were like do we not look like we're from a major metropolitan area? George, thank you for using our platform to dox a worker. I actually, <laughs> by the way, we tipped very well. <laughs> but I was truly shocked because I was like, I was asking like normal I was like, can we see a wine list? And she's like, so, yeah, so the way it works is we have natural wine. And it's a little different than other kinds of wine. I mean, it's obviously like a little, you know, it's some of them are sweeter, some of them are funkier. And funkier, what that means is it's kind of like a different <laughs> flavor palette. And then she goes... You know what? My favorite is skin contact wine. So I can kind of explain. It's kind of like halfway between a white and a red. And we were like, abort, abort. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, we were looking at our at what we were wearing, and we were like, do we look like we're from Alaska? Yeah, we definitely. It was like, no, we're. we're Am I Sarah Palin? We're giving New York. I know we were. We looked like fine. We looked. We looked. We were two cool gay guys. We were two cool gay guys. We were dressed to the nines, snatched to the god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were head, wearing full makeup, head to toe Balenciaga. <laughs> <laughs> we were literally both dressed like Julia Fox. <laughs> yeah, we had cutouts everywhere. Cutouts everywhere. You could see all our genitals. <laughs> yeah, but our like tummy was covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, no, I I did think um, I was kind of confused. I was like. Is this like the manager has yelled at them and made them say everything about the wine? Or is it more like um, it's her first day? You know what? Maybe it is. What? Maybe. Okay. Maybe actually natural wine culture is bigger in New York and we know more about it than Angelino's. And so they were like, you know, talking down to us because they thought we were so cool looking that we were from LA and worked in the industry. You know what, George? I love that you can take um, something traumatic that happened to you, like uh a waiter assuming you don't know about wine, (laughs) and turn it into wine itself. Yeah. And turn it into something so positive (laughs) and find a way to come out on top and actually be the winner in the situation. I mean, I really 
feel confident that that's what it is. You have made us feel bigger than that waiter. You've mm -hmm. made us feel bigger than all of Los Angeles. Yeah. And even at the top echelon of New York. Yeah. And can I just say, now I'm like, it was so nice to have the opportunity to teach that waitress about natural wine <laughs> as a New Yorker. Yeah. I hope we can go to more restaurants before you leave just so we can spread the knowledge <laughs> we, we know. Yeah. Now I'm like, I have this responsibility that's fallen on me. I yeah. have to teach Angelinos about natural wine. <laughs> And speaking of Angelinos, we have one with us today. And he's drunk on natural wine. <laughs> um, well, I mean, this is kind of a classic Stradio Lab. I would say friends and family. Yeah. Um, Which has been sort of the theme of our it's journey. It's been a, really, a real theme of our journey. I'm really happy that in this entire week, I haven't interacted with a single guest or colleague that I don't consider my blood relative. I can find it so deeply harmful when I meet someone that I haven't met before. And so this has been so beautiful for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without further ado, give a glamour girl hooty hoo for Joel Kim Booster. Okay, I gotta say, don't know what natural wine is. Considered all wine to be natural until this moment. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, in uh -huh. fact, I am struggling to find what is unnatural about okay. wine. Do they just leave it out and hope <laughs> no. for the best? No, 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 and no, no, hope no, that no. It turns into wine. Okay. What? Teach me. There is like there are various things. It's like biodynamic methods of making the wine. I there's hate a that. there's a sort yeah, of thing that's too. like nothing added, nothing taken out, or something. So some of them, it's like they don't put sulfur in for like. Of course, people listening that are actual natural wine freaks are like literally losing their minds, I, throwing up. I'm yeah. like almost positive no one who listens to this podcast is <laughs> you know, you'd no, be surprised. You'd be, you'd there's be surprised. somebody at home right now in their beautiful $2,000 couch yeah. shredding their New Yorker out of anger. Yeah, you know, you know, we haven't discussed piss versus cum wine on the pod. Oh my God. Should we? You hate when I bring this no, up. No, I don't hate when you bring it up. I'm just like, is it? We have discussed it on stage, and yeah. part of me is like, does it make any sense? Okay, what well, basically, is <laughs> have you had, you've had, like, a funkier orange wine. Sure. Okay, so basically, like, I feel like a funky orange wine is almost, like, the peak of natural wine, because it's, like, so natural that it truly has, like, pulp in it. Mm -hmm. And so Sam and I were talking <laughs> about how wine culture had moved from a piss-forward model, where it's, like, a crisp, <laughs> a crisp, simple wine, <laughs> to a come-forward one, where it's, like... You know, it's like funkier and thicker and has like kind of bits of food in it. I have to say, I guess I'm not familiar enough with piss. Um, and, and, so you don't and pee so every no, day. You just, so you, you don't pee every single like day. Crisp and clean. <laughs> crisp and clean. I guess like, yeah, okay. If you're talking purely in terms of viscosity, totally. then, then yeah, I yeah. understand and where you're vibe, from. And like general vibe. And vibe. General, that, and see, that's where you lose me. That is where you lose me. Because I, I get, well, actually, no. I guess it's all coming from the same vine. It's just yeah. the way, it, you know, so I guess I understand it from that level, but. <laughs> we, I think what's so powerful about this new binary of yeah. piss versus uh, cum, it, when it comes, it, it breaks two binaries. Yes. It breaks piss and poo binary. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it breaks, it breaks like the red and white binary. Exactly, because it's not about mm. red and white, it's about piss and cum. <laughs> Okay, so, but but I am interested in, see, natural wine is unescapable in New York. It's like everywhere you turn, someone is literally like coming out with a bottle and they're like, another glass? Yeah. And you're and like, well, no, I'm on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I guess I'm not drinking a lot these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I, like I moved to LA and I, I switched to an exclusively drug model. Oh, um, interesting. Oh, and wow. so I think that is where, like I bet you are probably less aware of like strains of weed. 
Totally. Well, that, like weed totally. is our natural wine. That's in that's a LA. very good point. Weed and and kind of like smoothies. Yeah. <laughs> and sativa is very cum and indica <laughs> is very piss. piss. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. a crisp. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess what would a hybrid be in that analogy? Because some, you, <laughs> what would a hybrid piss cum sort of be? Like so that's pre-cum? like pre cum could work, or maybe it's like you you have. Uh, maybe you pee right after you have sex. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and Wait. Where I'm does... sorry. So and, and take that a step further. <laughs> no. So that does that relate no, to I wine? It and I <laughs> okay. said we move on. <laughs> okay. Great. 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 Cool. <laughs> I guess Mike. Like, where does smegma fall into all of this? Joel. Joel. <laughs> we're trying to have an intellectual discussion Joel. about piss this first. Is like, this is a food. We're literally doing food culture. This is a food like, podcast. You're making a mockery. And is there nothing more foody about the genitals no, no, than no, smegma? No, 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 You know, I think smegma is a myth. Well, uh, as, tell you, as two, as yeah, two, as two uncut, uncut kings, kings. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Oh my God! Let me tell you, the feta is real. No. <laughs> All right, we're beeping that entire discussion. No, Just kidding. We're not because we're sex in. positive. So I had to say, it's been so long since I've been in studio for a podcast recording, having to watch a conversation unfold and feeling trapped. And like, <laughs> it it really does. It feels different on Zoom because yes. I think like Zoom as a baseline is a prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you go into a Zoom feeling like you're in prison and you expect that to happen. And then this is the most unnatural thing in the entire world. This is so weird being in person because I keep being like, I feel like we're faking it. Like when it's on Zoom, it's like, of course there's artifice here. Yeah. Here I'm like, why are we acting like we're recording something? We are being crazy. Wait, you're so right. And actually it's the difference between film acting and theater acting. Yeah. <laughs> because Zoom is film acting. You know, it's a quite close, literally. Exactly. Quite quite literally. This there's immediacy. Exactly. Here. There's the immediacy exactly. of theater here. Wow. It's really true. <laughs> it's really true. And I'm loving it. Yeah. Honestly. It's like Yeah, call me Mary Louise Parker. <laughs> She's a theater actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she also famously is a film actress as well. <laughs> I guess I could have picked, picked someone Sutton more Foster. famous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sutton Foster was in Younger. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Maybe sure, like, sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> do we know any theater actress? Look, I don't know a single one. I mean, Patti LuPone. I guess she also is a yeah, she's. It's, it's hard because yeah, the hard. ones we know. Donna Murphy. Okay, sure, yeah. I mean, I'm sure she's popped up in The Good Wife at some point. hundred She's probably a regular. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I did love the silence after you said Mary Louise. I know. Park. I was like, <laughs> I, I was really like, do you guys not know who that is? And one, I don't like. I don't know who that is off the top you of my know, head. You know, from Weeds. She's the oh, main Oh, okay, star, yeah, which, sure. Now yeah. I but know. she's like, was famously like in Angels in America and like oh. How I Learned to Drive. She's like a theater yeah. personality. Had a gabbler. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sure. I find that so jarring. Well... You better believe it, Miss Turner. <laughs> Joel. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> um, I f- oh, well, like I said, I feel crazy watching you guys sort of talk about something, not feeling like I was able to interject. I'm feeling very strange about the term boy yeah. in my mm. life right now. On the cusp of 35, mm-hmm. it, every time sexually someone calls me a boy, it feels embarrassing now. Really? It feels embarrassing. And I crave it. In, like I want it because I want to hold on to the last dregs of of feeling young, but um, it does make me be like because sometimes it happened recently where someone younger than me did it, and that feels bad. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't. Were they like hairier or something? 
Great question. <laughs> no. Because I'm trying to paint a picture. Because no, 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 totally, if I totally. met someone that was younger than me, but they were hairy and like presented more dad-like, then I would be like, sure, you can call me boy. No, there was nothing dad-like about this person. I think it was just a power play and it just made me feel, I don't know, very strange, not in my body. Because um, I, I just like, I feel, but the, the fact is, is I feel more and more boy the older I get. I just don't want to accept it, mm. I guess. Wow. Do you so you would not have liked it if the younger person called you like daddy? No. See, I'm not there yet. I'm not a boy but not yet a daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that is we've talked about this a lot actually where it's like sometimes a 45-year-old gay man is younger than a 35-year-old oh, gay absolutely. man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say the dichotomy between the generational gap, I would say like Gen Zs are feel closer to daddy to me <laughs> than most millennials feel closer. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, Stunted. a big part of millennialhood was being infantilized. Yeah. And accepting that that would be your life forever. And it's so crazy because Gen Z is like trying to preemptively be older and but they don't understand that to be old is to be a millennial and to be a millennial is to be young. So it is sort of a snake. Wow, that is so true. That is so deeply confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like what model of of adulthood are you are you using right now? Because we are the model for adulthood and all we are is infantilized. So you are a baby. Yeah, they're like we don't want to be young like the millennials. (laughs) Yeah. What am I going to do, like Harry Potter and Disney, like millennials? <laughs> oh, wow. my God. So scary. I um, uh, mentioned this at the live show, but I'm not going to read it word for word. But mm-hmm. I came across a sex profile recently that was like, I'm just tired of these damn millennials not knowing how to suck dick. And <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> it's a real, like, confusing one because... Sorry, go ahead. And it was just like, no, these kids these days, like, just don't want to buckle down and do the work. And it was like, wait, one, it's confusing because it's like, oh, you still think we're kids? Yeah. <laughs> and two, How was old like, is this person? He was like, I want to say like 45. Okay, so not that in that weird, what I read in a Slate article years ago mm-hmm. is called the- Okay, millennial my, alert. <laughs> <laughs> this, my so-called life generation, because they're not quite Gen X, yes. but they're not quite millennials. And it was like, people who remember my so-called life while it was airing are in their own special wow. generational- uh, like yeah, situation of their yeah. own, and I, and I will say Claire Danes needs to be held accountable. For that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to have change. But keep going, uh, like this. That's so fascinating to me. I mean, it was so crazy because I was like, "What?" It was like, "Oh, you're you've lost sense of reality." Can I tell you a possible explanation, please? This man has not changed his bio in ten years, mm. and so he was thirty-five, getting bad blowjobs from people in their twenties. Made that his bio, and then was kind of like, eh, I'll still it. works. It feels like <laughs> such a throwback, though, because like there, a lot of people, their entire personality for many years was yes. hating millennials or like thinking millennials didn't work or the avocado toast of it all. That feels like the the sex profile equivalent of, mm-hmm. of a think piece about avocado toast. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy the the way that over the last five years that switched, and now people complain about Gen Z. And then you think like, okay, so we just witnessed the first 
version of that. And now the older we get, it's just like every 10 years people are going to complain about a new generation and we'll all have to like get it up again to have those debates. I, I disagree know. a little bit though. Yeah. I do find there's a reverence for Gen Z that Big and truly coming. Oh, because they're like, they're going to save us. Well, that and also, like, we are more afraid of Gen Z than Gen X was That's afraid true. of us. That's very true. Yeah, because yeah, we yeah. were lazy, whereas Gen Z, they're all grassroots activists. Grassroots, and, like, we're, <laughs> like, it is this thing of, like, I think they're cooler than we were. And I don't sure. think Gen X considered us cool. I think we were, no. well, millennials were deeply, like, corporate. And corny. To, I mean, again, they're like corny compared to like Gen X. That yeah. was like fuck jobs. No, they like and, love Obama and Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, and also I feel like, and I could be completely wrong about this because I just wasn't alive. I haven't been alive long enough. But like, it does feel like millennials. We were the first one with a generational identity in like pop culture in a really specific way. Like, yes, like the generations have always been named. Like we knew of the greatest generation and the boomers yeah. and Gen X and all of these things. I guess maybe Gen X. Gen X, is, like Gen X Reality Bites. I feel, like I feel like Gen X was very, like Fight Club, Reality Bites. Like yeah. all these movies were like defining yeah. Gen X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm wrong. I take it back. But it does feel <laughs> like it, it's now become like a thing like that we really like hone in on like yeah. I I was never aware of my gen like in high school in the way that like Gen Z understands that they're Gen Z 100%. I did totally. not understand yeah. that I was millennial yeah I didn't understand I was a millennial until HBO's girls yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I never felt a kinship with other people my age like and we're all like against the people that are 10 years older than us yeah right 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 yeah. Huh. Well, everyone's dumb and we're smart. Should yeah. we do our first topic? Let's or do a it. subject? Uh, su what's it called? Segment. Segment. Wow. <laughs> well, everyone's dumb and we're smart. Words? <laughs> oh, no. This is so hard. We're brain dead now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day -day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com -E slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Our first segment, Joel, as you know, Mm -hmm. is called Straight Shooters. One of my favorite segments of any podcast. (laughs) And in this segment, we test your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid-fire questions, and the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions about how it works. And I will warn everyone, I did write these on the way here. And one of them, in fact, on this table. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sam, take it away. Okay, Joel. Billie Eilish, Billy Idol, or Billy Elliot? Uh, Billy Eilish. Mm. Joel, American Express or The French Connection? (laughs) (laughs) The French Connection. Okay, Joel, being a blasphemer or being exclusive to a streamer? (laughs) (laughs) Being a blasphemer. Joel, true or false? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow, the phoning in and of it all. Uh, True. Okay. Joel, keeping your friends close, keeping your enemies closer, or keeping your acquaintances that you feel neutral towards even closer still? Ooh. Mm, acquaintances. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Joel, mezcal or calpen? <laughs> <laughs> mezcal. Okay, Joel, the Hollywood Hills or the Rascal Flats? <laughs> wow. <laughs> the Rascal Flats. Mm. My Big Fat Greek Wedding or My Chemical Romance? <laughs> <laughs> My big fat could be wedding. Wow. Wow. These were good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you actually fully got a thousand doves. Yeah, a thousand doves. Wow. Yeah. I, I felt so supported. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, some of these guests, they'll just let us fucking flop. Yeah. Well, and I will say a lot of them are asking questions these days. They yeah, are. Yeah. And a we, lot of them are editorializing. And we're really not being tough on crime. We're not being tough on crime. The only editorializing I want to hear is laughter, honey. Hmm. <laughs> That's the only. That's the only thing I want to hear. I don't want to hear the explanation for why you're, no. you're picking. Well, the, the thing with that segment is that you have to, as a guest, be comfortable not being the one making jokes. Yeah, yeah. it's actually about sitting your ass down and listening, <laughs> listening for once. For once in your and, pitiful and people life, people think they're like, "Well, I'm not being funny." And it's like, yeah, sit with that. Yeah, they're like, I wrote a book. I'm pretty sure I should be talking. And it's yeah. like, no, queen. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. drag, drag, Gia Tolentino. <laughs> Yeah, you couldn't have picked one of the many other professions that you have had multiples of. You couldn't have picked podcaster. You couldn't have picked ca- ca- comedian. I actually thought you did a great job. Writer. No. You, you zeroed in on literally the, the guest that has aired today. No, that is be- okay. Nothing. I love Gia Tolentino to death. She raised me. She's mother. She's, my, she's mother. She's mother. God damn it. <laughs> she's house mother. She's my sorority sister. It was more, I was trying to pick a detail that sure. implies intellectual. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. Which is book because movies aren't and TV isn't either. And podcasts, yeah. we have hey, one. Drag our current guest, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah so- generally speaking, I think if you wrote and started a movie, that's kind Dumb. of flop behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try a book, babe. Yeah, try a book. <laughs> Call me when you write a book of essays. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I, I'll have you know, I wrote a lot we, as we were speaking. Uh, a lot of 
personal essays for many blogs that are now defunct. Yeah. The yeah. toast, ever heard of it, honey? <laughs> of course I know the toast. The toast is mother. <laughs> the toast was mother. The toast was mother, actually. Yeah. God, it's crazy how those things are just lost. It's it's almost like in the beginning you could get away with having nostalgia for the toast, and now that's even lame. Yeah. Like if you're like the toast is mother, people are like, fuck off. <laughs> I will say the toast was A, the first place that ever published uh, a piece of work of mine and my editor at the toast bought me a ticket to hamilton really in the height of hamilton i gotta say how does the toast have the money for a hamilton ticket it was clear as someone who still works in digital media no one's taking me to hamilton (laughs) although i did get free funny girl tickets (laughs) (laughs) yep sorry (laughs) and there were really good seats and i saw the other show (laughs) oh my god how was she she was really good yeah. Yeah, no notes, honestly. I thought she was great. Credit where credit's due. Um, yeah. One time I also got free tickets to see Pamela Anderson in Chicago, but it was because Matt Rogers paid for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not free, but sure. That's not free. <laughs> was she mother? Yes. We went opening night. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and she was so... I mean, it was just like... The production itself was truly like, are they all okay? Like, it was like people that had like, they're, you're like, are they living in the theater? It, it wasn't um, the best Broadway had to offer, but Pamela had done the work and came out, everyone was on her side. She knows her vocal range and like hit the notes the way she needed to hit them. Were, were yeah. like, who else was in the, was like Julian Assange there, Edward Snowden? Like. <laughs> we didn't see Julian Assange. I will say when I saw Funny Girl, I did see Ryan Murphy in the bathroom. Oh. Did you approach him? Yeah, I sucked him up. <laughs> <laughs> the Julian Assange of media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda mother when you saw Hamilton? <laughs> no. In fact, I was an early, like, I actually, so I came away from Hamilton being like, that was great. Why is this man in this play? Um, oh, because, wow. like, the whole thing about Hamilton is, like, everyone's like, imagine writing a musical where the whole point is, like, everyone is horny for Hamilton in that show. Everyone is so horny for Hamilton. Everyone wants to fuck Hamilton. Hamilton is the best. And then casting yourself in yeah. the role, and you can't sing it, you can't dance, and you, you, you like. You is can, that true? I mean, he's he's not a singer. He's a rapper, yeah, he's famously. A rapper. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the most famous rappers. He's one of the most <laughs> best, rap, best, rapper, best alive. rapper alive. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. top five for sure. <laughs> is it hack to hate him now? Has it That's, circled back around? Th- yet? This is like the trap of the the frankly the millennial trap where you're like, well. First you love someone, then you hate someone. But then then it's like, yeah, but similar to Harry Potter, it's like, who cares about hating or loving Harry Potter? Like, you just have to move on. That feels very, uh, no, like, it does feel like Gen Z, not to go back to this because this isn't the topic, but I do feel find that what they hate and love is very much based in what is problematic, Mm -hmm. and ours is very much based in, like, quality and like earnestness and yes. like if you're too earn- like we I, I find Gen Z to be much more earnest as a generation yeah. and more, more comfortable with earnestness than we were which is what made Hamilton such a like a, a flashpoint mm-hmm. I think for in in our culture is that like if you liked it you were lame because it's yeah. like theater culture earnestness etc there was like that month where if you liked it it was just really cool and edgy and then I was so happy when that month ended. Well, it, it was did, it, it was the people who saw it at the, at public, the public versus yeah, people exactly. who saw it. Oh, exactly. And that's what go. made it okay. Cuz it did start at the public. That's yeah. like, you know, it's not nothing. Honey, yeah. it's not nothing. Um let's I need to pee. Uh-huh. Oh, so before we jump in. Please. I love and that. And keep this in, keep this in. Of course, this is our <laughs> yeah. favorite thing. Take your mic with you to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find out what kind of wine's in there. 
<laughs> is he peeing or coming? <laughs> wow. Well, George, how do you feel it's going so far? I feel it's going so well. I feel so fun. I feel like I'm on a roller coaster, and honey, I'm tall enough to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> honey, I hit the height requirement. <laughs> I feel um, we are being kind of nasty in I a know. way that's kind of fun. I know. We're being disgusting gaze I know it's kind of nice I mean I don't want to lean on it ever no, but I do like tapping not. into it every once in a while yes well you gotta well you have to keep people wanting more sure you can't go, go too deep okay oh brother I can't believe Joel took my thing of peeing in the middle <laughs> yeah that's famously your thing <laughs> oh my god there he so is, fast so fast I guess he didn't have to pee that much yeah definitely not a cum <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess he didn't come. <laughs> You don't know how long it takes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. When Joel has sex, it lasts 30 seconds. <laughs> In, out. Um, Joel, yeah. I think we should just get into the topic. Yeah, I think we should because it actually, part of it is connected to sort of the dichotomies that we've been discussing about Gen Z. Versus oh my God, it's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like you planned it. Uh, maybe. Uh oh, he's always right. And this is a topic because we got a little sneak preview. It is a multifaceted topic. It is, yeah. It's There's, almost wordplay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost curious as to how, which angle you're going to open it up yeah. from. Um, well, I think we should start chronologically. Okay. Okay. Um, introduce the topic. The topic is the 20s. The 20s. Um, I think the 20s are the straightest decade. And I'm going to, and I'm going to tee this up now. I will say both the 1920s. And yes, even the 2020s, I think, have, yeah. have both uh, are proving to be yeah. <clears throat> one of the straighter uh, decades. And I wish I would have done a little bit more research because I could almost guarantee you the 1820s, <laughs> yeah. very yeah. straight as well. Yeah, I, they have a straight feel to them. Yeah, yeah very <laughs> straight feel to them. Couldn't tell you what happened in them, but <laughs> yeah. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, they what, were well, what was straight. going on? I mean, people were still reeling from the War of 1812. <laughs> Wait. There's nothing more. Th those are the straighter. Those are straight eras post-war, because yeah. like suddenly, like you think about it, during war, it's a bunch of guys together jerking off, just jerking <laughs> off, doing what they need to do, get done, and all the women are in the at home in factories. I want to say, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's that's very gay. Yeah, butching it up, butching it up, Rosie. You know what happened in 1821? <laughs> 1821 was the Greek Revolution. Whoa. Need I say and more? That's Greek Independence Day is celebrating 1821. And that's straight. Yeah. <laughs> they were celebrating yeah. independence from being gay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. A, the old Greece can't come to the phone yeah. right now. Why? Because she's, she's gay. <laughs> okay. Um, Wait, I have, a, I have one follow-up question, which is, would you take it a step further and include one's 20s? Um, you, we could. I think we we need to work that out a little okay, bit okay. more. Because I do think that there is a world where we could sort of bend and twist and then get there. But I, it's not it's not an angle that I have thought about. Okay. But I think it's it would be fun to sort of work it yeah. out together as a group. Let's, Let's start, start with 1920s. 1920s. 1920s, I think it's, it's you know, it's prohibition. Yeah. It's flapper culture. Mm -hmm. And this all really, this whole idea really started... Because the one thing that I have noticed about straight culture is there is nothing that they love more than a Great Gatsby theme party. Exactly. Nothing mm. that straight people... And have you ever been to a Great Gatsby theme party? No. No. No, no gay man <laughs> has ever been to a Thlapper Great Gatsby themed party. And you cannot walk down the street in New York or LA without <laughs> yeah. seeing a woman dressed as a flapper on a Friday night. <laughs> no, it really, it. when you said the word flapper when we were texting about the topic, it really, my life flashed before my eyes. Yeah. You don't even see like, you don't even see flapper, that, that 
era really represented in drag. Yeah, even. you don't yes. see drag queens dressed also, as flappers. Flapper sounds so grotesque, like so um, pornographic. What is a fl- flapper? Uh, it's a flapper. Very I barely know her. Flapper. It's it's very close to fapping. That's fapping. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, that's, that's what what you're thinking of. I also think what part of the reason why they're so popular as a party theme is because straight men can just wear a suit. Yeah. And the girl gets like yeah. wear a shiny dress. And so it's like, look, I dressed up. And it's like, yeah, you're wearing the same suit you the wore like the lack of imagination. Yeah. yeah. You know. I mean, the lack of the it, they have they could never have the the creativity that gay theme parties have. <laughs> Fraternity, <laughs> jock strap, underwater. Under- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga. <laughs> Anything but clothes. Yes. Yeah. There's also something about roaring 20s. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the last time things were good. Yeah, it is very like, like well for whom, sweetheart? Yeah, it's like I miss those days. Yeah. yeah. I and the thing is is too I got a lot of pushback um uh, sometimes when I talk about this because they're like Great Gatsby and to me Great Gatsby is nothing but straight 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 yes. straight for as it doesn't mean that it's low quality no, no, necessarily no, no. but it is a very straight but then people like to say that there is gay undertones to no. the Great Gatsby I haven't read it since high school I guess same um, and I guess like something about a guy being dead in a pool is gay if you want to I mean what, Baz Luhrmann Gay coded, gay coded, married sure. to a woman. But then it cancels it out with Leonardo DiCaprio, who is maybe one of the straightest people. He alive. is the straightest movie star. Yeah, that oh, we yes. can all agree on. Yes, he has yes. never worked with a woman director. He has barely worked with a woman actress. <laughs> he also doesn't have any gay rumors because he's no constantly being the worst he's straight man on earth. Constantly yeah. fucking. It's very like you are so safe fucking a 25 year old as a straight man yes. no, no one there's no, like cause there are certain ages of women that is pretty gay mm-hmm. like fucking a 38 40, yeah I was <laughs> <laughs> like that is like that is gay adjacent yeah, to me if you're a man having sex with specifically a 38 year old woman that's faggy <laughs> <laughs> At any age. At any age. At yeah, any it doesn't age. matter if you're 50 or 20. Or 38 yourself. Or 38 yeah. yourself. Yeah. Look yeah, at like, maybe I'm in the Yeah, maybe I'm in the clear because we're the same age. Think again, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, this is who is the gayest leading man? Straight, straight actor. I mean, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Oh. Well, but that's literally. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, I, mean, I, guess like, I was like Tom Cruise. Um, like, okay, once again. Also, <laughs> sort of too literal. Yeah. yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I'm I see like, what you're saying. Maybe. Um, I guess like um, a, a Gosling, a Reynolds, sure. one of the Ryan's sure, certainly. Sure, sure. Um, uh, one of the Chris's even like a Chris Evans is is yeah is a little gay to me. You know who's always wait? Kinda... Who's the Wonder Woman? Chris. Chris Pine. Pine. I think Chris Pine is a gay leading man. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can go with that. Soft. And I think that like Chris Pratt, obviously straight. Yes. Yeah. Chris Pine, gay. Right. Chris Evans, a little bi. Bi. Sure. But, but also, as we mentioned the other day, a little youth pastor energy. From from Chris, Chris Evans. Evans, yeah. I see. I see. Like, uh, they all sort of give me. Youth I guess pastor, that's true. Uh, I mean, if your name is Chris, different denomination. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Chris Evans would like share a funny meme. True. And then like, Chris Pratt is like in the homophobic church. Yes. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah he's evangelical to <laughs> right. the house down boots. Yes. And then Chris Pine is like, what's the one where it's like Methodist m- or or like the Episcopal. one Episcopal. <laughs> The one that's like all that you go to like their churches and they literally have like all the symbols of all the religions. Oh, Unitarian. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I see that. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So wait. So 20s. <laughs> so, okay. 
So it's also like wealth porn. People love that. People do love that. And there is something really straight about prohibition, the idea 100%. of hundred percent speakeasies. Speakeasies. Again, oh, it's God. almost like this era that was created to be nostalgic about in Williamsburg in two thousand seven. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've always said that speakeasies are exclusively a straight creation too. Yeah. Like there's nothing that they love more than turning a bar into an escape yes. room. They well, love Well, that. they they want the excitement of something being illicit and secretive. Yeah. Right. They have to invent It's like a just secret. cheat on your wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also th- there's just like they are always searching for a culture because there is obviously no straight culture, but like they don't have like uh, I think I can say with like full confidence that none of us here have hobbies. We are all gay is hobby. Right, gay, right, right. Gay, 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 gay is hobby. My hobby is gay. Is gay. My hobby is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a great a drag queen track. My hobby is, is gay. gay. Gay is mother. Gay. Gay. <laughs> but like they're always searching for ways to like create culture for themselves. Mm. And I think like the twenties yeah. is a is a stand in for that. I you know, I just went to Burning Man and I loved it. I had a, an amazing transformative experience and it was great, our little pocket of it. But the whole time I was I was observing the production that straight like straight people had to go out to the desert. Oh yeah. And put on costumes and do drugs and do all of these things just to be gay. 100%. That's it. Right, right, right. They spent years making their floats and cuz I I mean when I lived in San Francisco it was like Oh yeah. When Burning Man happens, the city is empty. Empty. Yeah. It's insane. It is just literally, and it's like so fun to see a Google project manager mm-hmm. with white dreadlocks and head to toe Amazon just living her Insane. life. It is like that is the vibe, and there's a lot, and there's a lot to love about it too. I don't really feel like talking about it because who gives a shit? But it is like it, that was when I had a real like realization. I was like, oh, you don't have culture, yeah, like yeah, or even like an outlet to be like bad, yeah, in the same way. You need this. Yeah. No, and speakeasies do provide a safe-ish space for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I actually don't know if speakeasies are the thing that provide it entirely. Yeah. Speakeasies are like, they're like glory holes where it's like, yeah. no, that's mm. still not freedom. Totally. That's just uh, something you're doing to get by. It's also, I mean, I know I mentioned Williamsburg, but so much of this to me, my window into it was like literally that era of Williamsburg when people were riding unicycles. Yes. Well, unicycles, it was craft cocktails. It was like forget handlebar mustaches. Handlebar yes. mustaches. Like, literally people, and it sounds like a joke now. If you're Gen Z, you think I'm joking. People had handlebar mustaches. Yeah. I, Unironically. My, one of my, my second hookup with a man, mm. handlebar mustache. And you loved it. Oh, so hot. You loved it. <laughs> <laughs> like beard wax. Yeah. Beard that wax was, was like normal. It was, you had to have yeah. it. You had to have the stuff. I didn't even have a beard. I had the stuff. Yeah, just covering your naked, <laughs> hairless body in wax. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just something about the 1920s. And like again, like didn't do any research really. Yeah, no, just totally. came in here. Here's no, a question: no, no, When was the Gilded Age? That's like the uh, early 20th century, right? I have no idea. No, I'm gonna go ahead and say I have no idea. Should we look it up? Yeah. Okay. I guess. Hold on. Sorry, I I brought it up and or I'm maybe derailing the conversation. Late nineteenth century. I think Gilded, it was like Gilded Age when Google. <laughs> okay, from eighteen seventy to nineteen hundred. Okay. 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 All right. So I wasn't completely off in that. It's almost like the Gilded Age. <laughs> I'm making this up. Then it crashed, <laughs> and then the Roaring Twenties were like, and we're back, baby. Yeah. Or wait. Or wait. Maybe no, it was that it got other... more democratized. Wait. Eighteen. 
the, so basically the Gilded Age was the <laughs> end of the 1800s. Sure, sure, sure. When was the big uh, Great Depression? Before the Roaring Twenties, or after? It was after. 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 Oh my god, this is so humiliating. Because then it was. Then they went into like World War One. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Sorry, we're not history this people. This is no. truly humiliating. Our hobby is gay. Just to be, clear, to be clear, I did when I sat down to think about. It, I did know the Depression was after the Roaring Twenties. It was a slip of the tongue. But at, in the moment, it seemed well, right. Also, even just the idea that like this is the decade that we partied. I know is very straight. A hundred percent. It's so straight. It's very college. It's like remember yeah. senior year. Yes. Oh, but yeah, so yeah, true yeah. though. So true. <laughs> they like leave. They leave partying behind at a certain point yeah. in a way that we do not. That's true. Yeah. For us, the Roaring Twenties never stopped. Yeah, it's still like yeah, it is still going, and it will continue to go. Like post children, like the amount of gay men that I know who have children who've brought like their baby on the gay cruise is crazy. Whoa, like that, like and that is like a, a natural end point for a lot of straight people. I find to at, to, to stop the partying, and mm-hmm. I just like I don't like I, I I had a hookup recently where they I literally went over and they were like you have to leave by three because our son is coming home and i was like okay yeah i love that (laughs) (laughs) we are like really aging into like i now also have quite a few friends gay friends who have kids and it is so inspiring that all of them are still fucking and sucking sucking. (laughs) fucking and sucking that is so powerful um it honestly made me feel better about the possibility of having i know no it it, i was like oh nothing has to change for me (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Which is good. Change is bad. Yeah, change is bad. Um, so the 2020s. The 2020s I find to be very straight as well. I think for a lot of the same reasons that are happening. Like, But I will say that the 2020s to me too is because we are in the era of Gen Z. And like I do find that Gen Z is the least gay generation going right now. Not that because they, are, they have said gay is, is uncool. I think being gay for them is uncool. Being queer yeah. is is the thing. Like, there's mm-hmm. obviously other identities. They love LGBT. Yeah. They, they love, love LGBT. Being, they, they love, love the LGBT. Yeah. Uh, no, LGBT. The LGBT. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they love LGBT, but it is a very, um, not necessarily straight but it is like I think they're circling back around on it in a, in a big way. It's like, an interesting. It's yeah. it's not straight. It's anti-gay. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, <laughs> that is so powerful. Like even the gay that we're seeing in the 2020s is so straight to me. You yeah. Know? Like, well, it the lines are blurred because yeah. when you have fully straight leading men wearing dresses on a red carpet Mm -hmm. where does that leave us well i find that they're making they're making that straight like it is queer obviously but it is not gay and so in that way it's straight wow wow okay huh yeah, you know what there isn't room for these days? A Rosie O'Donnell. No. <laughs> no, not at all. And there's no reverence for gay men anymore and our culture. I mean, like a... Uh, go ahead. Well, what about the what about style superstar Carson That's Kresley? That's literally who I was about to bring up. No. I was like, no, I actually think Carson Kresley is like such a weird thing where it's like people are just like, yeah, he doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's like, well, he did matter. Like, he's doing something... He's gay. Like, he's yeah. like... that's. <laughs> Like a gay man is not inherently cool. That was part of the whole problem. Right. <laughs> well, I think what's difficult about it is that gay men are no longer 
obviously with some caveats, gay men are no longer oppressed. Carson Kressley is not oppressed. No. So then it becomes Honey, like, but that jacket is. <laughs> <laughs> so then you're like, if if for so long gay men were, especially in pop culture, defined by their marginal place, mm-hmm. now that they're not marginal, where does that leave them? Um, well, I, I think that because because we're not as marginalized, and again, ca- caveat, caveat, mm-hmm. caveat, caveat, um, there is, we're too, it, the, the, our culture is now too accessible. Yes. Too accessible to even be considered gay. Like, is Drag Race even gay? No. And it is one of the straightest things alive. We Macy have, Rodman uh, was on our live show claiming that Drag top, Race is straight. Yeah, her <laughs> topic was Drag Race. And we, in fact, decided it was not only straight, but part of the federal government. (laughs) 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 Yeah. No, it's very true that even our gay things are straight in the 2020s. So what is gay? But then again, (laughs) but then also the queer coded things like painting your nails or even something like polyamory, which you could argue is queer coded in its own way. It's like people of different genders being in a relationship. All of those things have... As soon as they come up, they immediately become "quote unquote" co-opted. So, is there anything that is? It's almost like the one gay thing is literally someone blowing a guy yeah. in a porta potty. <laughs> and you're, but we're we're also like no. But the thing is, is like we've now moved into this space where like, do you see so many straight guys on Grinder? Like even gay sex is becoming infiltrated by straight. Wait, men. say more. Say more. I'm seeing so many straight guys on Grinder these days. And yes, part of it is like. Um, they're looking for trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like they're like, I'm not gay, I'm just looking for a trans woman, which okay, totally fair. But I'm also like there is that book about how men who have sex with men are not necessarily oh, gay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well then you get into the label yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying like gay sex isn't even safe. Mm-hmm. Gay sex isn't gay now sex is a, now safe. can be a straight space. I, I think being a specifically gay kind of annoying is still gay. Yeah. 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 But that's but isn't that part of the problem is that like we've pinpointed that in a way it used to be homophobic to consider gay people annoying. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's every It's empowering. It's empowering. Yeah. Yeah, your only tool left as a gay man is being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and we used to have a full toolbox. Full I know. Of tools. Yeah, we we used to do little moves with our fingers. Well, I will say even like the 2020s as it's being ruled by Gen Z, I find them to be not sex negative, mm. but not as interested in sex as we I agree. were. And, and and that is like, and obviously sex is a huge part of being gay, and not having sex is a huge part of being straight. Yeah, part of me wonders if that's just like a literal like young thing, and they have like more of a platform to speak on it, because totally. they're all on TikTok. But no, even when, when we were young, I was sucking and fucking... The, all day long and I was and I love to talk about it and it felt revolutionary to talk about totally. it sure, and I sure. think like we didn't live in the space of it being revolutionary to talk about it before people got tired of it yeah sure. like people are tired we of need it. to overthrow gay marriage so that we can have some fun <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I got like a little tingle when it, that was like a possibility I was Stop. like <laughs> no I was like finally <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we'll get some respect again. <laughs> Jesus. Finally, I, I won't get talked down to I, I, by a 16-year-old. Yeah. You know? like I, it, The sex positivity versus sex negativity thing is so interesting because it's almost like a horseshoe thing where, like, the more sex positive you become, the more almost clinical you become in your descriptions of sex and your yeah. approach yeah. to sex. Yeah. 
and then you take some of the excitement out of it and then of course the more sex negative you become the more illicit it is and the more you're like okay I'm rock hard yeah. well it's almost oh, like wow. being like religious exactly like, <laughs> religious people are doing the most crazy shit literally Mormons <laughs> are the most sex positive religion out there <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't handle hooking up with a Mormon it would no, scare having, me it would traumatize they're me they're having way more fun having sex because yeah. it's so bad yes exactly you know? yeah wow well I'm converting <laughs> <laughs> Because we really can make anything uh, sex, like a, th- a sex thing. Yeah. And I think people are getting tired of that. Uh, people are getting tired specifically of me making everything a sex Honestly, thing. same that's, for me too, yeah. <laughs> sounds personal. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like you saying the book thing about the personal me thing is, book. The is, personal is political. It's the political. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I fully, um, I actually had to stop saying things were hot on here because I was like, people get it. You think everything is kind of hot. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Well, everything is kind of hot. Not everything is kind of hot. Well, and even now, like, there's something really straight about not fetishizing straight men sexually anymore, which is is seemingly becoming less and less interesting to do because, like, gay guys, Drag are, me. Just, gay guys are just getting straighter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, gay guys as a whole, there's, like, a whole sec. Like, I'm on the gay bros subreddit. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. do not like being gay. Yeah. That's interesting. It, you know, sometimes you do meet someone who almost literally will be like, I don't want to be gay. And it's always so jarring. I have been more and more meeting gay men that really do, quote unquote, act straight yeah. in a way that throws me for such a loop because it it even makes it hard for me to be attracted to them in a way that you would think would be like the fantasy. But it was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. I saw this. Sorry to cite a tweet, but I saw this tweet by this woman. Her name is Mitka, and it was kind of about like the new um, form of metrosexual that exists in the 2020s. And it's like they wear Bodhi. They like subscribe to fashion, like menswear newsletters. They're like interested in the J. Crew rebrand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how metrosexuals fell out. Then there was the, of course, Williamsburg 1920s era. And I do think it's back in where. Straight men have never been gay right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hacked to even bring him up, but Harry Styles, of course, you know, like is really pioneering that stri- yeah. gay straight guy right now. But even like Brad Pitt was wearing a skirt. I mean, when and by Brad, the way, I when, support all when, of this. When I'm, Brad Pitt was wearing yeah. a skirt, it's over, honey. Yeah, pack it, it up. Surely, we're, like we're done. That's like the symbol of male raw sexuality. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. over. It's, so over. it's yeah. over. Yeah, Brad Pitt, wear some pants. <laughs> For Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. It In many ways now, Brad Pitt wearing pants could be gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he should wear um, like a kind of flowy, or no, he should wear like skinny jeans from 2014. Oh, oh wow. You guys, we got to let it go. We really, like the, 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 and this is the thing. <laughs> this is also the okay, thing. Okay, well, you brought it up. Yeah, no, you're, no. you're like screaming at us all of a sudden. This is crazy. No. It, this is the thing about the 2020s being straight is that, uh, going back to gay guys being straight is that like we are now not necessarily even sort of the bastions of fashion forward oh, culture anymore. 100%. Because yes. like no one is holding on tighter to skinny jeans right now than gay guys. Yeah. And it's like, guys, yeah. we are going to live in the baggy for so much longer because <laughs> you are clinging to your skinny jeans. If you go to an event like a kind of event where there are well-dressed people in New York City, the straight men by and large are more more well-dressed than the gay men. That's sick. I swear to God. That is sick. I, I refuse to believe it. 
I'm sorry. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> I think it sounds nice on yeah. our beautiful podcast. Yeah. But I refuse to believe it. I mean, I don't want to believe it either. But I trust George. <laughs> Thank you. At least someone here does. I trust George implicitly. <laughs> so if George says it, it's law. It's truth. Yeah. And I know fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess um, everyone, if you're listening, do your part. Um, yeah, be. Call out gay guys who are straight and, and call straight out straight guys, guys who, who are, are gay. gay. It's your job to be the activist you want to see in the world. I kind of think like everyone who is queer is doing such a great job and should not change in any way. But specifically, gay cis men and straight cis men need to figure out some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we're, that's like where I'm coming down on. Like, I'm not policing anyone else, mm-hmm. but specifically gay men and straight men need to get in a room and come up with some ground rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah set, sign a treaty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, wait, and before we go, do we really want to quickly touch on the idea of the 20s, your yes. 20s yes. being straight? I have one. Okay, I think that my 20s were straight because I was not, I didn't actually know how to be gay, but I was pretending to be gay. Which is straight. <laughs> <laughs> Which we we have landed on is, yeah. is yeah. very straight. I was very much like, okay, so I think I should be, I should think I should like, this is how I should have sex. And I think this is where I should go. And now it's more of like a lived in experience, but then it was performative. Yeah. I would say I have, a, I had a similar experience and I just like, there's a sort of adolescence that happens in your twenties and adolescence is straight. I mean, it's like puberty. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like day job, yeah. like ping pong in the office, sort sure. of like we work mm-hmm. is what I think. 20s are we work. 20s are we work. 20s are we work and we work is straight. 20s yeah. are also, you're like still holding on to your college friends who like kind of knew you, this is just me, <laughs> as like as a half straight. And so it's like you'd like hang out with like a bunch of straight guys one night and it's like okay okay (laughs) oh here's what i think of when i think of 20s is like you move to a city you don't know what to do so you google like free events (laughs) and then there's like (laughs) vegan and then it's really and it's like some museum does like an under 30 cocktail hour and it's free and you get a drink ticket yeah, and there's like strobe lights, but you can go to the dinosaur exhibit. Yeah, well, and also like for me that well, a that actually feels much more like 30s to me than 20s. But I guess for me too, like the reason 20s would be straight is that like I never had more straight friends than in my 20s. This is sort of similar. To what yeah, you were saying. yeah. And like it wasn't until my 30s that I realized I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to see a straight person in my social, in my social circle if I didn't want to. Well, I remember when we were becoming friends in our 20s. And we it were felt surrounded so, by straight people. And it felt so novel to be like, you, me, Bo, and Julio. Like, yeah. It was like, wow, we're gay guys. Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember truly being like, wait, there can be more than one gay guy here? There can be four gay guys here? Yeah, and you know what? And not to get earnest for a second here, though, and not even to... To, like toot our own horn but I do think that we really ushered in a moment in comedy by by saying for the first time because I do think a lot of gay guys in our position before were saying okay there's only going to be one of us so I'm going to be the one and shunned other gay guys and then it was starting to change around the time that we all became friends yeah and I'm not saying that it it, it would have happened if we weren't doing comedy yeah. too. like somebody else it, it was just the timing was right for it to happen but like at the time like it was it did feel very novel yeah to, to be more than one in a room yeah on a show yeah even. and yeah. even like outside of comedy i feel like it's like 
in your 20s, let's say you're the one gay guy in a group of girlfriends, and then there's like another group that's all girls and one gay guy, and then you meet the other gay guy and you're like, uh, what? Does not compute? <laughs> yeah. What are we supposed to do here? Yeah. Are we going to hook up or are we going to fight? <laughs> I've yeah. also noticed, I've met a lot of gay guys in their 20s recently who love Boston. Wow. What? Yeah. Yeah. Boston is the villain of this podcast. Boston is very much where gay guys go to be straight. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk about skinny jeans. Ugh. Honey, those legs haven't breathed in years. <laughs> if it like if you as a gay man want a safe space to love the cops, yeah. then like Oh my. If go you want if you want every day to be a pride parade where you're dancing with a cop, go to Boston. <laughs> Literally. Wow. wow. If we ever do a live show in Boston, people will protest. <laughs> <laughs> gay guys. <laughs> gay guys will protest. It will just be like 10 straight girls yeah, in Yeah, they're crowd. like, they don't represent us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think God. we cracked it. Yeah, I think we I said think so. a lot of things. I think we, I mean. And I want to be clear here. I didn't mean a single word of, of it. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. We would never accuse you of being honest. <laughs> no, no. Everything we said was based in lies and simply we made up in order to get Entertain somewhere. Entertain you. Yeah. yeah. So don't come uh, yeah. attacking us. Unless, of course, it's public and we can retweet it and dunk on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, only attack us if you're stupid and we can win the argument. Yeah, that would be so nice. That would be really Oh, convenient. that could be huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Should we do our final segment? Oh, God, I, I have to think of something. Think we should, and I also have to think of something. I have one actually for the first time in my entire life. Let's hear it. Okay, so our final segment is called shoutouts, and of course, you know it. We give a shout out to anything that we are enjoying in an homage to the street tradition, and I will go first. What's up, freaks, losers, and perverts all around the globe? I love you. I see you, and I hear you. I would like to give a huge shout out to yes, I'll say it avocado toast (laughs) yes it's so hack it's back baby 
I had it for breakfast this very morning and I felt like I was a king. I said, why have we politicized this food so damn much? It's just food. Yes, it's a little overpriced, but at this point they're doing such crazy shit with it. It's not that overpriced. There's basically a whole salad on this damn piece of bread and I got an egg. That's a meal, hun. So stop attacking it. Everyone drop your guns and let's just like eat a good food for once in our lives. Feel Australian? I think it's an Australian thing. Originally. Is it? I don't fucking know. But I love you, avocado toast. Woo! Woo! I will say Australian cafes really, it is a staple of there. And I yeah. have spent a lot of time in Australia and it is everywhere there. So I wouldn't be surprised if it did originate in Australia. I had an Australian boss once and he was like, talking about avocado toast all the time and I was like so I just assumed it yeah. was Australian I just want to say something about avocado toast like it's so interesting or it's so weird to me that it's something that people think of as ordering at a restaurant when it's truly one of the most delicious snacks to make at home I like all you need is avocado lemon and olive oil maybe some parsley maybe some crushed red pepper you put it on bread you like crack a little egg on top raw <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is so weird that it's been political. It's like one of the easiest things to make. Yeah, it's bizarre. Well, I, I think the reason, I think that's actually why, though, right? Because it's, it's simple so and easy. then people are paying and like $20 exactly. for it. Okay, yeah. fine, fine, fine. Yeah, it's it's the yeah the very, the original like millennials want to buy this instead of sure, sure, buying sure. home. Pay their I student guess. loans off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, death penalty to all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, let me think of one. This is going to be so good, I can tell. I know. Oh, okay. What's up, freaks and losers? And also, what's up, upstanding members of society and prudes? It's huge. We're being inclusive tonight. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to Elizabeth Banks's broad comedy acting career <laughs> only. <laughs> Elizabeth, if you're listening, I believe that you are a good director. And I believe that you're a good dramatic actress, if you say so. But I'm going to need you to go back to the drawing board and take on broad comedic roles. No one has ever made me laugh as much as you did on your episode of Curb. No one has ever made me laugh as much as you did on in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Slay. I need you to go back to basics, Christina Aguilera style, and book a role where you do physical comedy. Maybe you're wearing a dress that fits you weird, but then it's empowering in some way. You can write it if you want. You can even direct it. I'll allow it, but it has to be comedic. And I'm calling on you to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo! Now, are you including her Pitch Perfect performances in this? Um, I okay. What? Wh who was she in? Pitch she was Perfect? like the commentator. Oh, along yeah, with I'll John include Michael it. Higgins. Sure, I'll yeah. include it. Would yeah. you include her Hunger Games performance? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, that, that was broad comedy. For sure, for sure, for sure. She nailed it. I swear to God, I I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. This scene is on YouTube. Look up Elizabeth Banks. Curb your enthusiasm. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be my shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have something. Right. It's very top of mind. Go for it. 
Hey, darling dear. <laughs> I want to give a special shout out to someone very important in my life that I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially even today. I want to give a shout out to my bladder in my 20s, Woo! specifically. Because, honey, that bladder could hold a lot of pee. I could go hours and hours and hours. And not anymore. You only know what you have when you lose it. Because, boy, oh, boy, did I leave this podcast uh, in the middle of recording to pee. Did I get here, arrive at the podcast recording, have to pee? Did I pee a little in my pants recording this shout out? Because yes, I have to pee again, even despite not touching my water. I was going to say that. I have to pee so bad at all times. You do not understand what your bladder in your 20s is giving you. It's giving you a full night's rest without any bathroom breaks. I have not slept through the night without having to get up to pee in months and years, maybe. Not wow. months and years. Months and years. Wow. So please, if you're in your 20s and you have a bladder, Please t take it out to dinner, honey. Oh take God. it out to dinner. Give it a card, something, because you don't understand how important it is to you right in wow. this moment of your life. S kiss it goodbye if you're turning 30, honey. Smooch Cherish it. it. Oh, no, Joel, you're pissing your pants as we smoke. I'll just talk of pee. I'm I like, know. I need to pee so bad now. I know. Also, it's so funny. We had the piss first come. We're ending with pee. It's kind yeah. of crazy. It's so beautiful. And we planned it that way. Yeah, we wrote this episode. <laughs> yeah, it was really tightly scripted. <laughs> yeah. And directed and directed by Elizabeth Banks. On Celtics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> free version. Oh, yeah. You know, I used to love that I free love version. I love Celtics yeah. free version. When I finally upgraded, it was like, all right, I'm a professional. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm rich. I'm the richest yeah, person yeah, yeah. on earth. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Joel, this has been an absolute blast. Yeah. This is yeah. Thanks really for doing fun. it. Our second in-person guest in three years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, bye. Yeah, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>